Hey, welcome to North Park Church. I'm Pastor Anthony. Thank you so much for joining us for our online worship experience today. As we dive into the Word of God, you can turn with me in your Bible to the book of Daniel, chapter 10, or you can go to your YouVersion Bible app and hit the menu button, go to events, type in North Park Church, and all of today's scriptures are gonna be right there for you. I'd also encourage you, why don't you text a friend and encourage them to watch today's online experience with you, or if you're watching after the fact, why don't you share this with a friend or on your social media feed? Let's take an opportunity to encourage and inspire people uh, that are all around us who need a hope, especially in these days that we live in today. Now, if we were in person at Riverbend Middle School, like we all love to do, this is the part where we would normally say, back in the olden days when we could do this, that we would say something like, hey, why don't you step out of your seat and why don't you give 17 high fives? Now, that's kind of become one of our mottos. That's kind of become our thing, like a church of 17 high fives, the home of 17 high fives. It even shows up on some North Park gear. And if you don't have your 17 high five t-shirt, you should go do that as soon as we're finished today. Uh, let's represent the home of 17 high fives. Why do I do that? Because I love that point of contact with people. If you know me well, when I get to 17, and we're just getting started, right? Because we love the opportunity to look somebody in the eye and encourage them to love them, to give them hope, to let them know that God cares about them, that he loves them, but because he loves them, that you love them. That's what the high five's about. It's a point of contact. And I want you to understand that there is power in human touch. Now, I did a little research, all right? I'm fixing to drop some knowledge on you today. Renowned neuroscientist David Linden wrote a book called Touch, the science of hand, heart, and mind. And he expresses how our sense of touch and our emotional responses impact our lives in a very real way. Now, I know some of my guys just checked out on me. You're like, what is pastor talking about? Human touch, this is the wrong podcast for me. No, this is the right one. In fact, I'm gonna bring you back in with a sports analogy, okay? So in his book, he actually talks about a study that was done at the University of Berkeley, and they examined professional basketball NBA teams, and they looked at every single video of every single game that was played in the NBA during that season. Now here's what they looked at. They looked at all of the games in the first part of the season, and they began to watch for every celebratory point of contact. So every time something would happen and players would high five one another, or they would do chest bumps, or they would tap each other on the rear end, which somehow that is acceptable in sports, but not in any other part of life, probably in a good way. And they came up with a number per game for these celebratory touches. Now, here's what they begin to ask. 
did that number have anything to do with anything else that would happen in that season? So they looked at the first half of the season, counted all those up, gave a score to each team, and then they looked at how well those teams did in the second half of the season. And what they found was very interesting. The teams that had more celebratory touches in the first half of the season actually won more games in the second half of the season. And they also saw that these teams that celebrated one another that way um, actually played more selflessly than selfishly. They'd pass the ball more frequently. Even the stars, like the, the players that, you know, are the game makers, right? The playmakers. Those guys even played um, more selflessly than other stars on other teams. If they didn't have the shot, they were more willing to give the ball up on those teams that really just celebrated and encouraged each other. In, in essence, I guess what I'm saying is those teams where teamwork was more important than the other teams, they just did better, right? Why? Because we say it all the time. Teamwork makes the dream work. But there is power in human touch. Here's what I also found. Newborns that are giving nurturing touch grow faster and have a more improved mental and motor skill development. Children raised with more physical interaction actually tended to be less aggressive and violent. Spouses who cuddle have been shown to have lower stress levels and blood pressure and improved immune functions. Elderly people who receive the soothing, affirming experience of touch have been shown to better handle the process of aging and even passing with dignity. Now, the author of the book says, from the moment we are born to the final days of our lives, touch acts as the central aspect of the human experience, impacting our physical, our mental, and our emotional health, and quite literally shaping the way we go through our lives. So when you give somebody that high five, there is power in that high five. When you put your arm on someone's shoulder, when you literally pat them on the back, when, when you give them a hug, and I'm talking about touch in the appropriate way, please understand, there's power in that appropriate touch. In fact, um, the book, The Languages of Love, so many of us, our love language is touch. There's something powerful about that human interaction. I can't tell you how many times over the past few days that I've had people call, text, or even tell me in a Zoom session, I would love to come to your house and give you a big old hug or I'm sending you a virtual hug. Why are they doing that? Because they understand how important that touch is to me. They know that, and I hate saying it like this, but I'm a touchy-feely guy. Like I love to, to touch people in the appropriate way. Why do I have to say that? We're in 2021, right? I have to say that in the appropriate way. So here's what I want you to understand. Here's what I want more than anything in the world right now. It's not even a big old hug from you. As much as I would love a big old hug from you, I'm even known to hug strangers, okay? Even more than that type of hug in this season, here's what I want. I want a touch from God. This past week, I started thinking about that question that I get asked all the time. What do you need? What does your family need? And as I think about that question, I really process through that question. That's what I need. I need a fresh touch of God. 
And if you in this season feel overwhelmed and anxious, maybe you're grieving in your way, maybe you're lonely, maybe you're afraid, or you're simply depleted because of this season of life, I think you need a fresh touch from God too. And so my prayer for you over the next few weeks is that we begin to understand what it means to experience a fresh touch of God, to experience a move of the Holy Spirit in our life. How do we position ourselves in such a way to experience that hand of God in our life, that touch from the Lord, that move of the Holy Spirit in our life? And, and then how should we respond as we experience that? What impact does that have on our life? And how should that change the way that we live our life and interact with the world and other people that we come in contact with? Now, as you look in the book of Daniel chapter 10, what we find like 20 Five centuries ago, there was this man named Daniel who could identify somewhat with what you and I are experiencing. He and thousands of his countrymen had been uh, deported to a foreign land named Babylon after Judah, their homeland, was conquered. And in Babylon, Daniel was facing an egocentric leader and was surrounded by people who were worshiping false gods. And, and, and it's easy to find yourself in the middle of a situation like that and a situation like we find ourselves in today and ask this age-old question, where is God? In the middle of my experience, in the middle of my frustration, in the middle of my pain, in the middle of my grief, God, where are you? In fact, it's exactly what Jesus asked when he was hanging on the cross, right? God, why have you forsaken me? In that moment, it seemed as if God had just forsaken him and left him alone. And maybe you feel that way. Maybe you're asking that question, where is God? Honestly, I've asked a lot of questions lately. And I'll be real with you, since Marianne went home to be with Jesus on December 7th, I've not really asked, where is God? That's not really a question that I have asked. Um, I know he's here. I know that through the power of the Holy Spirit that he is just as close as the mention of his name. I have felt his, his, his closeness through this entire experience. I can truly say that that verse of scripture that identifies the Holy Spirit as the comforter who would abide with us. And the fact that Jesus said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. I will be with you to the very ends of the earth. I've never questioned whether or not that he was close or whether or not he was here. That's not been my question. Here's been my question. What in the world are you doing? That's been my question. I know he's here, but my battle has been, God, what are you doing? Why are you not answering the prayers that we're praying? Like we're pounding heaven, like we're pounding on the door. We're asking, we're seeking, we're knocking, and, 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 and we don't see you move exactly the way that we want you to move. And so we're left with this struggle of how do we respond when God's not doing exactly what we hoped or even prayed that he would do? But in that moment of your life, and I know that so many of you are in that exact same situation because you've told me, right? I know that you are. It's in those moments of our life that we have a choice to make. How will we respond when our circumstances don't turn out the way that we want? We've said over and over during the season, we're going to ask that God does 
We're going to believe that he will. But then we're going to trust him whether he chooses to or not. And so that's the choice that we have to make in this moment is will we continue to put our faith in him? Will we continue to trust in him? Will we continue to walk with him when life gets hard? Or are we going to hit the eject button and do something different because God didn't do what we wanted him to do? Are we going to give up on him? Because in a lot of ways, you feel like he's given up on you. But let me just reassure you, that's a lie of the enemy. He's not giving up on you. And he is with you in the middle of every circumstance that you face. So here's my choice. In the middle of my grief, in the middle of my pain, here is my choice. I am going to stand. And I am going to love Jesus and I am going to continue to trust him. And not only will I continue to trust him, I will keep praising him. I choose to keep worshiping him and I choose to keep lifting up his name, even though things don't turn out the way that I always want them to. I came across a great song this week called Say I Want by Mercy Me. I love this song, and I've had it on repeat. In fact, as soon as you're finished watching this, go Google that and find that song. Mercy me, say I won't. Hear the lyrics. I love it. I'm going to run. No, I'm going to fly. I'm going to know what it means to live and not just be alive. The world's going to hear because I'm going to shout, and I will be dancing when circumstances drown the music out. I love that line, when circumstances drown the music out. Maybe the deafening sounds of your circumstances has drowned the music out in your life. question is, will you keep dancing even when you don't hear the music? Are you going to give up and walk away or are you going to press in? Now, I can tell you that Daniel, in the middle of his circumstances, recognized that God was sovereign and he was still working out his plan. See, we have to hold on to that truth that even though things aren't like going the way you wanted them to or planned them to go or even prayed for them to go, I recognize and I challenge you to recognize that God is sovereign and he is still working out his plan in your life and in mine. And in Daniel chapter 10, and I'm just going to start reading in verse 2, um, this is what it says. It says, when this vision came to me, so Daniel's praying and God gives Daniel a vision. He said, I had been in mourning for three whole weeks. Now, he had been fasting and praying for three weeks, 21 days. That's where we get the name, the Daniel fast. If you've fasted with our church family and you fasted for 21 days and, and you've heard it referred to as the Daniel fast, that's where it comes from. So Daniel had been fasting and praying and mourning for 21 days. And he says, all that time I'd eaten no rich food, no meat or wine crossed my lips and I used no fragrant lotions until those three weeks had passed. And I was standing on the bank of the great Tigris River. And I looked up and I saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. And his body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning and his eyes flamed like torches. His arms and feet shone like polished bronze and his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. 
Verse 7 says, only I, Daniel, saw this vision. The men with me saw nothing. So Daniel's surrounded by people, and he sees something. Like the veil is opened in, in his heart, and he sees something that the people around him can't see. I find that interesting. And, and this is what he says. But they were suddenly terrified and ran away to hide. So they couldn't see it, but they knew that something was happening, and they were so overwhelmed that they ran away and hid. Daniel says, so I was left there all alone to see this amazing vision. And here it is, okay? See if you can identify with these next phrases. My strength left me. My face grew deathly pale. I felt very weak. I'm going to be honest. I see a lot of people around me right now that it feels like their strength has left them. Their face has grown deathly pale. And we have felt very weak, right? Then I heard the man speak. And when I heard the sound of his voice, I fainted. And I laid on the ground with my face to the ground. And I love verse 10. Just then, a hand touched me and lifted me. I love that verse. Because in this season, it's what I long for more than anything else. Just then, a hand touched me and lifted me. What is that? That's the hand of God. And it's exactly what we're praying for in this moment and in this season. That no matter how weak and depleted we feel, that we would experience that fresh touch of God. That through the power of His Holy Spirit, that Jesus would reach out, that He would put His hand on you. And that He would lift you out of this season that you find yourself in. Out of this sickness you find yourself in. Or this grief that you find yourself in. This disappointment, this disillusionment, this, this depression that you find yourself in. That you would experience the hand of God. A move of the Holy Spirit in your life. And that He would lift you. Now, how do we experience that? How do we put ourselves in a position where we experience that reality? Let me give you two things today that I think will help you. And here's the first thing. Prepare yourself to see God move. You've got to prepare yourself to see God move. Like the Holy Spirit is not going to impose His will on you. But when your heart is open and your mind is open to receive all that God has for you, and you're preparing yourself to see God move. I, I love the verse that says that, that I looked up, right? That was, that was the first thing that Daniel did. I looked up, which means he was aware, like he was, he was alert. He, he longed to see God move. He was prepared for that touch of God in his life. I mean, the man had been praying and fasting for 21 days. He was preparing to see God move in his life. You are not going to see a move of God in your life unless you are seeking him. What does the verse say? Draw near to God and God will draw near to you. The Bible says that God rewards those who diligently seek after him. If you want to discover truth in your life, if you want to see that move of God in your life, if you want to experience the hand of God, the touch of God in your life, then you have to seek Him. Now, I, I, I find it interesting that these other people that were with Daniel, 
they didn't see it. They completely missed it. And I think there's a lot of people around us that could say, man, I really feel the hand of God moving in my life. But yet people sitting right beside them saying, I don't even know what you're talking about. And, and I think the difference is, is one is spiritually prepared to receive from God when the other one is not. And, and I think part of that is, is because we can become so satisfied with where we are spiritually that we're not pressing in. We're not seeking Him. We're not looking up. We're so consumed by everything happening around us. We're just complacent. We're satisfied. You know, there were probably some people with Daniel that even though they were in Babylon and they were in captivity, maybe they liked Babylon. Maybe they were consumed with Babylon. Maybe they were complacent because they were cool being in Babylon. And I think there's a lot of people in our world who are very complacent. You know, we're supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. But if we aren't careful, we can fall in love with this place. And it can become an idol. And it can become a distraction. And instead of pressing in to, to, to God and, 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 and wanting to experience a move of, of, of His Spirit in our life, we can be pretty satisfied with where we are. And if we're complacent and we're not seeking more of the Holy Spirit, we're not going to receive that fresh touch of God that we want in our life. And we will continue to be spiritually depleted. Now, here's the second thing that we've got to do. We've just got to ask. We've got to ask for a fresh touch from God. I really believe that the greatest pandemic that we're experiencing in the church, and I'm not just saying North Park, I mean the, the big C, the, big, the church, the body of Christ. I, I don't think the biggest pandemic that we're experiencing is COVID-19. I think it's complacency. I think it's a lack of spiritual power. I don't think we're seeing victory over sin. I think we're seeing defeated people who are just trying to make it on their own. I think one thing that nobody's really talking about as it relates to COVID is that so many people have defaulted to old patterns and behaviors. I think a lot of people who have been seeking more of God during this season have begun to take steps backward and fall back into old patterns and picked up some old ways of doing things, even some, some, some old addictions and behaviors. Maybe some things that you laid down and even felt like you were experiencing victory over, you have found yourself back in those same ruts and those same places, those same addictions, habits, and sins. We need a fresh touch of God. We need a fresh touch of God in our home, in our marriages, in our family, in our church, in our community, and like never before in the world that we live in. Pastor Robbie Gallaty made this powerful statement. You can pray and watch him move, or you can not pray and watch him not move. I mean, that's the choice that you get. You can seek you can ask and you can discover, you can experience the reality of His Spirit in your life. Or you cannot ask and not pray and not see the reality of a move of God in your life. So pastor, what are my next steps? Get practical with me, all right? Just going to give you one step. Connect with God and other people. If you really want to see God move in your life, 
then reach out to him and reach out to other people. One thing that I have seen lately as I have really asked the Holy Spirit to reveal himself to me. It's not rocket science. He has. And he has because his word says that he will. And so if you want to see God's hand move in your life, just begin to press into him. And crank the music up and just sit and worship him. You don't have to have Pastor Jonathan and the entire North Park worship team in your home to experience the move of God. You just open your Bible, spend some time on your knees, fill your home with worship and, and press into Him. Connect with God. And I'm not just talking about Sunday morning when we fire up the online worship experience. I'm talking about living your life in such a way that your life is, is, is being lived in a spirit of worship. First thing that I did when I woke up this morning was Alexa, play worship music, right? So Alexa has become my worship leader. That's a weird thing to say. All right, before I went to bed, the last thing that I did was, Alexa, hey, play some worship music for me. Like start and end your day, filling your mind and your heart with worship. It may seem weird, but I didn't even cut it off when I left today. I just left it playing just to fill my home, just to fill my home with worship. I want when I walk in the door to hear things that are worthy and excellent of praise, things that are lifting up Jesus. We fill our homes with so much filth. Let's fill our homes, not just our hearts. Let's fill our homes and the minds of our kids and our spouses and our families. Let's fill their minds with worship and praise. Let's let our homes be places that honor God. Let's create some family altars where we can come together and worship Him in spirit. And in truth, connect with God, connect with each other. I'd also challenge you, like never before, plug into a life group. I know we sound like broken records. We talk about this all the time. But if there's anything that has become a lifeline for people during this season, it's our life groups. It's really difficult for me to believe and, and realize it's almost been a year since our last in-person, in-house gathering at Riverbend Middle School. We've had outdoor gatherings, but it's almost been a year since we've been inside that auditorium at Riverbend Middle School. When I realized that, it blew my mind. And I believe the difference in those who have really thrived during this experience and those who have just kind of survived this experience has been activity and, and, and commitment to a life group or to a group of people that you're walking this journey with. I think a lot of people in our life have been our lifeline. I know they have been for me, and I believe many of you would say the same things. Plug into a life group. Maybe you're already in a life group. Recommit yourself to it. If you're not in a life group, go to northparkru.com. We'll have you in a life group before you go to bed tonight. Like we believe that that's important enough to make it a priority to get you plugged into a group of people. I love this week on our large group Zoom, I had, a, had a young man who said, you know what? I've never even been in your church. Like I've never even been to Riverbend Middle School into an in-person gathering. I don't know what that looks like because he found North Park. He found this church family during COVID. And I loved as he said, but you know what? I know this family and I know this family and I know this family. He already knows more people than some of you know, and you've been a part of North Park for a long time. Why? Because he's plugged into a life group. He's made this his home. 
never even walked through the doors of our church yet. That day's coming. So what am I saying? You, you might live in a different community. You might not even live in the Raleigh area. We'll get you plugged into a life group. We want to be your church home, even if that means in a virtual way. We want to plug you into a group of people who love you and are walking this journey with you. We don't want to just disseminate information to you on Sunday morning on a worship experience online. We want you to take the next step, which is to plug into a group of people, to connect with God and connect with each other. Why? Because life change happens in the context of relationships. And we want to help you find those relationships. The other thing that we're going to do over these next few weeks is we're going to do some worship nights together in person. We're going to do some pop-up prayer events where you can actually go in person to some prayer gatherings around our city. Small groups of people who meet 10 to 12 people at a time outdoors, socially distant, where we can just pray together. Pray for one another. Pray for our church. Pray for our city. We're going to do that as we make those opportunities available to you. Don't pull away from those things. But instead, jump into those things. And let's see God move in our life. And finally, Reach out, encourage, and inspire someone. I can tell you the thing that has given me as much life as anything during this season has been just, even when I didn't feel like it, reaching out, encouraging, and trying to inspire somebody else. And the more that I do that, the more strength that I feel, the more energy that I feel, um, the more fulfilled that I feel. Why? Because when we pour into other people, the Holy Spirit continues to pour into us. Let's just be a funnel that God uses in this community to love God and to love other people. Today, as I pray for you, I don't want you to sit back and listen. See, I know at this point, it's really easy for us to just, all oh, pastors pray and let's kick back. Service is almost over. We can move on to the next thing. Don't do that today. In fact, would you even change your posture during this prayer? If you're sitting back, man, would you lean in? If you feel comfortable and it may feel weird, even if you want to get down on your knees with your family during this moment as we pray together, let's do something different today. Let's not just listen to somebody else pray. Let's actually pray. I heard Judy Jacobs say years ago, if you want to go places with God you've never been, you're going to have to do some things you've never done. It's time for us to do some things different. It's time for us to break some molds. It's time for us to get out of some ruts and some routines and some bad habits. And let's start doing the things that we know to do that will pull us closer to Jesus. Let's ask, let's seek, and let's knock. And I believe that like Daniel, we're going to feel that hand of God just then. Suddenly a hand touched me, lifted me. I pray he lifts you through the power of the Holy Spirit today. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for families who are joining me right now and praying for one another. God, for moms and dads who are on their knees right now with their kids in their living rooms. For people who are stopping what they're doing, if they're just kind of listening to this and going through their routine, that they just in this moment just say, wait a minute, I got to stop here because I need the hand of God in my life. God, we don't want to just go through the motions. Suddenly, we need to experience your hand. And so I pray that right where they are, whether they're in their living room, in their car, on a treadmill somewhere, that they would just stop long enough to give you a chance to touch them, God, through the power of your Holy Spirit. In the middle of their depression, in the middle of their doubt, in the middle of their disease, 
in the middle of their addiction, in the middle of the rut that they find themselves in, in the middle of their loneliness and fear, in their moments where they just want to give up because things aren't turning out the way they thought it would. God, I pray that they wouldn't run away and hide, but instead that they would ask and they would seek and they would keep knocking and your word says the door will be open to them. And so Lord, I pray that right now, God, that you would put your hand on them, a hand of love and a hand of mercy and a hand of freedom and a hand of compassion, a hand of joy, God, abundant living. God, help them to not just survive, but God, I pray they would truly thrive in these moments of their life. God, I pray that, that we would know what it means to live and not just be alive and that we would worship you in spirit and in truth even when circumstances drown the music out. God, let our response be to look to you, to run to you, and I believe that we're going to see your hand in our life. We're going to experience a move of your Holy Spirit. And we are so quick to give you praise, honor, and glory for it all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you're ready to take the next step, one of the easiest ways for you to do that is to connect with us at northparkrdu.com so many different opportunities there for you. If you're new to North Park, we'd love for you to hit that digital connect card. Give us a chance to, to connect with you as, as you walk this journey. We wanna put some resources in your hand and help you on, on this journey with Jesus. Uh, if you have a special request, we'd love to pray with you. There's a place where you can submit a prayer request. We commit that we will pray for you on this journey. We'll pray bold prayer over your life because I believe God honors bold prayer and bold prayer honors God. Also, if you uh, would like to join a life group, today is the day. And don't wait. Don't wait till tomorrow. You'll talk yourself out of it. In fact, do it right now. Jump over to the northparkrdu.com and just request more information about a life group. And like I said earlier, before you go to bed tonight, we'll have you plugged into a life group. And finally, if you'd like to continue to, to invest in the mission to build lifelong followers of Jesus, I encourage you to hit that online giving button. And I want to thank you for your continued investment and your generosity, especially during this season. We love you. We love our church family. And we can't wait to the days, which are coming very soon, that we're going to be able to worship together again in person. We're making plans to do that in the next few weeks as the weather is getting a little bit warmer. So thankful for North Carolina weather where we can do that outside. And so we can continue to be socially distant and safe as we worship Jesus together. There's power when we come together. We can't wait to do that with you. We love you and we are cheering you on.